Hey, everybody, this is the Freedom From Series Podcast. I'm your host, Armando Fierro, along with Dana Doan. Here we're about to start another episode, so sit back, relax, and hang on. Okay, everybody, this week's podcast is uh, comes from a group that I help uh, admin online. It's a group of really great people. They're a very supportive group, and uh, there's questions that are posed that are of a very personal nature sometimes. And uh, a question today was, had affected me and said, you know what, I think we need to do a podcast on this. So I spoke with my co-founder, Dana, and she said, yeah, let's do it. So what it's about is how do we help kids with anxiety? Now, kids, anxiety with kids um, is something that's very touchy as a parent um, because you, you you look at it and you're like, oh my God, what can we do? What's happening? How can we fix this? And we the, the way we, that we try to resolve it sometimes is, is not as effective as it could be uh, because when we're looking at it, we tend to put our own stuff on there, our own projections on there. So since um, I created Acknowledging the Shadow, the first thing that I would recommend the parent to do is work on whatever it is that they're projecting into the situation first. Because if you see a child and they look like they're anxious and you say, oh my God, why are you so anxious? And the child looks at you like, oh, I'm not anxious. I'm just really upset that I'm not playing my game right now or I'm just really upset because we have to do so much homework or whatever it is. And sometimes we we put our own stuff onto uh, what the kid uh, is experiencing without asking the child what are they experiencing, and without first taking out um, the own stuff or the stuff from within ourselves that we're flavoring and uh, spicing <laughs> whatever the situation with our own stuff. And so the very first thing you need to do uh, is work on what the projection is for you. So as you look at this child, you think they are anxious, they are worried about what could happen in the future, they're worried about these bills, and then you're like, wait a minute, why is the child worried about the bills? <laughs> it's not them, it's me. And so, uh, as we learn in the course for uh, Acknowledging the Shadow, the, the first thing you do is you name it. So you look at your child and you name it. They are nervous. They are anxious about the future. They are anxious about their schoolwork. And then the other side of that is acknowledging. Acknowledge that you are nervous. Because you're seeing something in, in the child and you're saying they're nervous. You say they are nervous because you're actually projecting your own state of nervousness on that. So when you acknowledge that I am nervous, I am anxious, I am worried about their schoolwork, I am worried about how they're doing and how they're socializing, and you release that, you'll be able to more effectively judge and gauge what's going on with your child. So the first step is to take care of your first, yourself first. And it sounds kind of funky, but you have to take care of yourself. You have to come at helping this child from a neutral state first, okay? So then I reiterate what, what it is. So <clears throat> you see your child and they're anxious and you're like, okay, I wanna help them. So what's the first thing? You name on what you see your child. 
My child is anxious. My child is nervous. My child is scared about how they're doing on their homework. My child uh, is having trouble making friends. You know, all that stuff. You go down the list and put name on your child, all those things. And then the second step is to acknowledge. Acknowledge that I am nervous. Well, I'm not nervous. I'm just looking at them and I'm concerned. Oh, you're concerned instead of nervous. Well, acknowledge that you're concerned then. <laughs> Sometimes it comes out and it's different words. And for other people, we ascribe it as nervous, but for ourselves, we're concerned, but it's the same feeling sometimes. So as you're going through and acknowledging everything that you named on your child, go into it deeper. Am I nervous? Yes, I'm nervous. I want them to be happy, and I'm nervous how it will look to the other parents that my child is crying at school, you know, and they cry all the time. And they're a fifth grader, and he's playing drunk. Oh, wait a minute getting some of my life stuff in here <laughs> and see how that goes. Once you start acknowledging it, you see deeper and deeper aspects. And then you can say, oh, yeah, I am nervous about all these things. Because when you're dealing with a situation, you're not just dealing with that one situation. You're dealing with the entire history of your entire life. You're dealing with nervousness when you were in, in kindergarten. You're dealing with nervousness when you were in fifth grade and in high school and in college and falling in love and getting married. You're dealing with all those things at once. So the deeper you do the acknowledging, the better that, that it'll be for you. So you have that, that list of my child is nervous, my child is anxious about this and they can't do this. And then you go through and acknowledge, I acknowledge that I am nervous you go through your history, yes, I'm nervous about this, nervous about that. I am anxious, yes, I've been anxious about this, and I've been anxious about that, blah, blah, blah. And then once you get to the neutral state, then you look at your child and say what you see. And what you'll see is something different. You won't see them as anxious or nervous. You'll see them as having some kind of emotional reaction. Is it upset? Who knows? Is it angry? Who knows? You have to ask your child. Your child will tell you what their experience is. Because anytime you give a label to that person's experience, you might be completely wrong. And even if you use the wording correctly, their experience of anxiety is much different than your experience of anxiety. Because you're an adult. So when you're anxious, it's bills and bosses and timelines and vacations and saving up for Christmas and doing this and that. And so it's much different than a child, child's anxious, which means, uh, uh, I got to hurry up and do my chores because my show is about to start. <laughs> That's much different. And so once you balance, once you get yourself to a neutral state, then you go ask your, your child, what are you experiencing? Hey, what's going on? It, to me, it looks like you're having some kind of emotional reaction. There's something going on. And you always deal with it in the moment. You can't say, did something happen in school? Because if you ask them, did something happen in school? They'll go back and say, uh, yeah, at lunchtime, it, something happened. But the only reason something happened at lunchtime was because something before that happened. And they don't want to talk about that. So they'll give you the later lunchtime. And so as a parent, you're focused on, oh, well, I better call the, the cafeteria later and tell her, hey, uh, you know, when my son asks for extra ice cream, give him the damn ice cream. <laughs> 
But uh, but once you're able to come at it from a neutral state, you'll be able to say, I see right now that you're experiencing this thing right now. You know, can you share that with me? I'd, I'd like to help you. And then they'll say, okay, this is what's going on. I'm thinking about something that happened. Ah, okay. Then I see that you're reacting to something instead of something here and now. And so me and Dana were talking about, we, before we started recording this, <clears throat> we're talking about different experiences that we've had with our children. And with me, I've got a renaissance man for a child. He's my youngest of four. He's 10 years old. He plays drums, violin, trombone, piano, guitar. And he's in the orchestra. He's done uh, drama. He's gone to magic camp. He's programmed uh, Alexa skills. He's come up with ideas for movies. He wants to work for Dick, uh, Disney and Pixar when he grows up. And he's talking about um, aerospace and engineering and all this. I'm like, holy moly. And he's 10. <laughs> so I think he's great. Oh, great. Okay, so one day he's practicing violin. Uh, he's got to practice at least 15 minutes because uh, he doesn't like to practice violin that much. <laughs> and so he goes and he's practicing and all I hear is... And then I hear my wife telling him, come on, you got to practice. That's not going to be the way. And then the whole day, and they start yelling back and forth. And I was like, okay, hold on. And I say it in a military voice, which translates to, hey, what the hell's going on? <laughs> so I go there and I check out, see what's going on. So I stay quiet and watch the interaction. So my wife, you know, I'm there. So she's like, okay, I'll let Mondo handle it. So my son goes back at it. I don't want to practice. And then so I go and I start talking to him what's going on. And I can't play it. I keep messing up. Ah, interesting. So I, I think it's a performance anxiety. And then I tell him about how I use acknowledging the shadow for my performance anxiety and how I used to do uh, webinars twice, three times a week, and I've done hundreds of hours, and then one day I was going to do a, a live, Facebook Live, and I was super nervous, and I couldn't do it, and I was like, what the hell's going on? And I saw that I was projecting, and so I did the performance anxiety um, version of, of acknowledging the shadow, took the fear away, and I was fine. So I said, so have you ever seen somebody mess up playing violin? He goes, yeah. And I said, what did you call them? Oh, they're stupid. What else? Uh, they don't know. They're dumb and they don't know what they're doing and they can't play violin very well. I said, okay, well, can you acknowledge that you've said that about somebody else? Yeah, I acknowledge it. He always throws it off. Yeah, I acknowledge it. Okay, fine. I acknowledge it. I was like, let's go into it deeper. Say, I acknowledge that I've seen somebody play stupid. He goes, okay, fine. I acknowledge that I've seen somebody play stupid. Yeah, well, you know what? My friend, remember Parker? Well, he was playing this and he did this and he just so stupid because he wasn't even playing the right way and he was doing it this way and he wasn't even listening to the teacher. Like, okay, awesome. Anybody else? Yeah, my other friend this and they did this. and Okay, yeah. And then we just kept on going and going. So he acknowledged that he's called somebody else stupid for playing stupidly 
and then somebody else dumb, and then somebody else didn't know what they were doing, and he went deep into it. Okay, so I said, anything else? He goes, nah. I said, how do you feel? Good. All right, let's go back and practice. And he, it was a big change, a huge change. And then I got the major okay when my wife goes, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so she saw how it was, how, how it helped him change. He felt it. And then I was only able to relate to what was going on by me first acknowledging. First, I got pissed off. I was like, what the hell's going on? And then I acknowledge in the moment. Then I go there and I stopped before I just came in and started projecting onto what's going on. Hey, stop yelling at him. You practice. I just acknowledged and put myself in the neutral state. And then I watch what's going on. And then I ask him what his experience was. And then he told me. And then so I saw that it was uh, performance anxiety and I threw, took him through the performance anxiety protocol. And he felt a lot better and the practice went really great. So Dana, you had something similar with the beach baby uh, at, uh, was it pre-K or kindergarten? What is it? Uh, it, it was, yeah, pre-K. Um, she had not ever been in school per se for long periods of time. We've always just kind of, um, not homeschooled her, but we just raised her at home. And so we decided it was time for some social interaction. And uh, she she was excited. She was um, happy to, you know, to be able to play with some kids and uh, go to school, even though it was, you know, just like a, a learning experience and social interaction. But, uh, the first couple of weeks were great. I like, you know, I would just drop her off and she would just, you know, give me a hug and a kiss goodbye. And it was great. And uh, then about, I don't know, three or four weeks into it, she just started. Um, I don't want to go to school. I, I don't want to be here. I don't want to. I want to stay home with you. I don't like this. I, I, I don't want to go to school. I want to stay with you. And so she started acting out and I couldn't, you know, I, I didn't really associate it with the school issue. I just kind of thought, oh, well, she's had enough fun time and didn't want to, uh, you know, didn't want to do that anymore. Didn't want to follow other people's rules and, you know, had to get up earlier and had to take a nap or lay down and had to eat certain foods that, you know, were, she wasn't given choices. And, um, like I said, she just started acting out. So my immediate thought was school teacher, something's wrong with her. Uh, you know, what, what are we going to do? There's something wrong at this school. There's just something wrong that she's, why is she not doing this? Why is she acting out and screaming and, and crying every time I leave? And so I, um, I didn't have to be, you know, at, at work at a particular time. So I got to where I was, I would go to school with her and I would stay 10 or 15 minutes and sometimes 20, sometimes 30. And the kids all knew who I was by the time this was over. But I, I was watching how everyone was interacting and what was going on. And it was, it was an uncontrolled environment 
that she was not used to. She's used to, we're, we're pretty quiet um, and we just kind of do our own thing. We're not, I mean, I'm not saying we're not loud or, you know, jump up and dance and all that, but it it's a very controlled environment versus what she was going to. And it, um, she is the type of personality like, like I am and that, you know, I'll, I'll interact, but I need my, my space and my time and that she wasn't given that. And, you know, and that was just me watching. And for a five-year-old, it's hard. And that's what I was going to ask about, you know, you can, you can say this with your son and question him. What, what is this? What, what are you doing? How are you feeling? And you can't really do that with a five-year-old. So that's why I just had to observe and, and go into it. And then I would ask her while we were in that moment, because she would go and play, but the minute I would leave the door towards the door, she would run to me. And so I'd go back in and, and we would talk about, you know, we'd go to her little area that she was in and, and what is it that, you know, why I need to go to work? Why can't I go to work? Why do you want to, to go with me when you can be playing with friends or, or, you know, you'd love your teacher and, and it took her a while to to understand that, but um, it eventually got out that you know I thought that she was having anxiety just for the because the process was changing for her in her life. But it ended up being that it was the environment and it was the the chaos that was going in the classroom, and and there were a couple of children in there that were not giving her her space. And so whenever I you know, she expressed this and I talked to the teacher and I talked to the director and, and it wasn't really a whole big deal that, that we could control it, but at least they knew her fears and they knew why it was not, um, you know, good for her at that moment. And so they were able to, to watch and to help her. And if she didn't want to, to be a part of the group, one of the biggest parts of the learning atmosphere in, in this particular school was they all had to sit in circle time. And they all had to learn. And she didn't want to be a part of that because that was too much for her. To It overloaded her, I guess, because that's what she said. I don't want to sit there by everybody. I want to go over here and, and sit. And she was listening, but she just wasn't part of that group. And so once we worked through those with her, um, it, it, it got better. It, it wasn't great. And we ended up... Um, changing her environment, but um, it's a lot harder, a five-year-old versus a 10-year-old, I think. And so you, you can't just necessarily ask them questions, but that's why you have to take your yourself out of it because I have anxiety. I have the crowd issues, but I had to take my fears and my thoughts out of it first, get through that, and then I found a way to work through it with her. And now she, um, we had some time off where in the summer, she, she stayed home in the summer. And, um, but then when school started back up, she was a little leery, but now she's in a whole different environment and she loves it. She just, she walks in and it is, you know, she takes a nap. She, she plays with her friends. She, she loves going to school and that, you know, that to me was a big, it, it, it may have been anxiety for her as a five-year-old. I, I think that might just be something you play on 
you know, I, I mean, it's not going to be a, exactly long periods of time like as it is an adult for that moment in time. And so it, it's just, the, it's like, it's like you said, it's, you have to take yourself out of it and your fears and, and your, your life events and just learn and ask questions. And sometimes you don't get those answers, but their emotions and, and the way that they, they live their day to day in that moment, because for a kid, it's, it's not, I mean, it's instantaneous. And once they're happy, then, you know, it can be totally over with. But if it's something that like she was doing continuously, um, you know, for weeks. And so I knew something was, was not right. And just by listening to her and the fact now she loves to go to school. So, you know, that, that process is good. So now if she starts acting out, then at least we, we know what to, what to do. So, <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. That's a very interesting thing that uh, Dr. David Hawkins uh, would talk about, especially in terms of consciousness and getting over something is that labels themselves carry uh, ideas behind them. So the label of I have anxiety or, you know, anxiety, the way anxiety is treated is through blah, blah, blah. So if you call it something specific, then, okay, well, I have anxiety, so I need to do this, or I have this, so I need to do that. There's a, there's a lots of, of um, psychological baggage that goes with using specific labels. And so when you tell a child, oh, you have anxiety, you're anxious about schoolwork or, or whatever it is, then they say, oh, I have anxiety and I'm anxious about schoolwork and that's how they go. Well, you know, I, of course I feel this way because I have anxiety and I'm anxious about school, blah, blah, blah. So by, by first getting yourself to a neutral state, then you just say, okay, you're experiencing something. Talk to me about what you're experiencing. Well, I'm thinking about this. So already you're helping put some separation from it so that you can deal with it because if they're anxious now and something's happening now but there's nothing in their environment that's stimulating that you're like well there's nothing for you to be anxious about so get over it but when they say I'm thinking about this this thing kind of happened and it's making me upset so I'm upset now so then you can deal with it so it's very important to get yourself neutral and make sure that you're not using those labels and that's how you, you talk to a 10-year-old. Uh, you would talk to a 5-year-old like you do a 10-year-old, like you do a 40-year-old, like you talk to a 50-year-old, is first come neutral and then say, what is it that you're experiencing? What's going on? And then they'll tell you in their words. There is a, um, a very great therapist who I've done a lot of work with as a client. His name is Mark Andreas. And uh, he... Uh, uh, is teaching a course called Metaphors of Movement, and he learned that from another guy. And Metaphors of Movement, if you can put a, a problem into a metaphor, you can also deal with that problem in metaphor as well. And so um, sometimes when you have difficulty pulling out of a child what's what's going on, you can say, what is that like? What, it, what, what is what you're experiencing like? And I said, well, it's like, it's like I'm drowning, I'm drowning. And so you go into that and you deal with the projections of that and work with it that way. And so, and you made a very good point too, because when you're communicating with them, a 10 year old, you can say, okay, what's going on? And with a five year old, it's much more etheric and ephemeral how, how you deal with it. But in older children, 
it's it's they're they're also projecting into their situations uh, certain things like I'm upset I'm really depressed because that person doesn't like me that person thinks I'm a so-and-so so there's a projection that you're doing onto your child your child is experiencing something because they're doing a projection on something else so there's projections going on all the way around so in order to deal with that it's such a, a, a labyrinth to get around to the actual core issue to the thing that you need to change to make to have an effective change in this person that it's extremely important that first you deal with yourself you get rid of that projection so that you can effectively come at the child and say okay let's deal with what you're experiencing and sometimes that child <clears throat> they're older and they keep things inside and that's something that Dana experienced with I called her the oldest because I I discount her son <laughs> is he still active duty yes he is getting out but yes He's getting out yeah that's amazing and so I called her the oldest, but she's not the oldest. And Sassy, I've, I've worked with her too. She's, she's an amazing, brilliant girl. And, uh, and there's, there's, um, there's so much use in, in acknowledging the shadow for everybody at every state. Sometimes it's okay to say, hey, do this and it'll help. But then there are other people where if you tell them do this, they'll not only not do that, they'll do the opposite. <laughs> yes. Yes, they will. <laughs> yeah. And I know because I'm the one that says, do this. And Dana says, no, no, and no. Say, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then so I learned that the best way that I can teach is through example. And same thing with your kids. So if your kids see that you're anxious about them being anxious, they're like, oh, great. I just made my mom feel bad about this. Now I feel bad about me making her feel bad, which causes me to feel bad about feeling bad. And then you just go into this crazy circle. So when you come at it neutrally first and you're able to say, oh, okay, well, there's something that I did and this is, it helped with this and this and this. And so that's, that's kind of like what it ha would happen with Sassy. Right? Yes. Um, she knew that you and I were doing this project together. And um, I didn't really share at first with, with anybody with what I was doing. I mean, not that I didn't tell them or, you know, try to explain, but I, I didn't, uh, I just didn't share the, the full finished product effect. And so after you and I had been working on it a, a couple of months and I saw that the change was made in me and the different um, emotional first aids that I I use because what Armando uses and I use are, sometimes we use the same uh, emotional first aids, but there are some that I use more than what he uses. And so I basically uh, was doing, you know, these uh, these aids for myself in, in situations. And my daughter is, uh, she's going to school. She's um, has a full-time job. Uh, she's a mother. She's, she just kind of got overwhelmed at, at one point in the middle of the semester. And I just, I said, here, I, here is this course. I want you to link into it and I want you to, to listen to it. And if it makes sense to you, and you like it, then we'll go on with it. But I'm, 
I'm not telling you to do this. I'm just suggesting this. And she uh, signed up and she started listening and she got to, um, excuse me, the the Feldenkrais. And she was at her house and um, she texted me and she was like, um, my face feels weird and in my head, I'm like so lightheaded and just, you know, she said, this is weird. This is so weird. Like, I think she said something like my, my brain is, is, what was it? My brain is, is overflowing or something. I don't, I can't remember, but it was something like she was, she was having this, you know, exhilarance of, of just air basically is what it was. And she said, um, I have to go to work later. I'm not even sure I can drive. <laughs> so I had to tell her, I was like, you know, just if you need to sit down or if you, you know, cause she was getting lightheaded and, and it was just a true experience. And then it was, um, I don't know. She just, it wasn't that she became a different person. It was just, I could see a difference in our conversation and I could see a difference in her, you know, that the, the shoulders dropping the the talk was she was not she's she's very um very private and there was a time that you know she just she doesn't say anything to um let anyone know that she's hurting or that she's um you know needs help until she just absolutely can't take it on anymore and that's where she was and then she she just did this one emotional first aid and it was just amazing and so i i text armando and i was like um i guess what guess what and you know i mean i was just i was almost in tears because my little girl had come back and and she's not a little girl she's a woman and but she was seeing herself finally or starting to see herself finally as I did and I do and as her mother I always only wanted best things for for her and I wanted her to see the potential that she was a very smart student she was a very good mother she was um she could handle anything that was was put on her plate I you know at one point in her life she was um, training to be an actress and she was a model and she did these things and she had this great confidence and somewhere she lost that and so it was excuse me it was very very awesome for me as her mother and and just a person outside to to see that (coughs) excuse me sorry um so it was um you know I and so I just text her back and just, you know, I was like, welcome home, baby. It's good to see you here. And, and ever since then, I, and I'm not saying that she doesn't have her moments. Um, she hasn't fully gone through the course yet. She's kind of overwhelmed with the end of the semester and, and every, you know, seasonal things coming up, but she, um, she's just, she's accepting and figuring out a way that she, she can do this. She just needed help and she, She's getting that idea of, you know, and it was just an emotional first aid that started it. And that's what it takes. I mean, for me, that's what I've learned. I I mean, you can do all these acknowledging, but until you, if, because you're going to hit a point that you're just, you're at a block point and then you just have to go back to those emotional first aids and, and accept it and, and do it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how <clears throat> why I wrote the book like I wrote it because um, 
I, I have the core structure of how to do acknowledging the shadow. I see it. But sometimes it's how do you ask the questions in order to feel that release? And when you get the right, the right structure of how to ask, how to name, and then how to acknowledge, uh, uh, when you do it right, then you're like, oh. So like Dana had a big oh the other day. And there was- I still move. did. Yeah. I so still much. had to relive it. Now I'm like, oh, he should make the bed. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I well, yeah. yeah. I acknowledge that I usually don't make him make the bed himself. So yeah, yeah, it was... yeah, yeah. And so and so and, and that's why that's why I put the uh, emotional first aids in the course um, is to um, sometimes it's difficult to find out which way to acknowledge how do you do it. And so the emotional first aids gives you a little support until so you can actually sit down. And, and either go through the course or go through the book when I eventually finish it and see how you can turn it around or, or work, it, work through the process yourself if it's not in either. And so those, those first aids <clears throat> are things that I've done with PTSD that have helped me. And Feldenkrais, Feldenkrais is the only thing that has stopped the panic attack for me cold. I'll be in the middle of a panic attack, do the balancing, and then I'm fine. Literally, click, gone. And and meds didn't do that. Meditation didn't do that. Uh, I had gotten to a point where I can just let myself feel like I'm dying for about 30, 40 minutes, and then I know I'll be okay. But using Feldenkrais, it takes it away instantly. And so that's another thing that you could do with your child. Besides going into you balancing yourself, getting yourself neutral, and then uh, working with your child, helping them get neutral. You can get neutral and say, what can I do? Oh, I don't know how to how to help them acknowledge in this case. Ah, so I can show them an emotional first aid. So you can show your child Feldenkrais, and Feldenkrais is just balancing on your axis, front and back, and then left and right. And there's a really good uh, video on that in the course. And, uh, and then see how they feel. And then once they feel neutral or their anxiety is gone, then you say, okay, so the anxiety is gone. So let's deal with whatever that deep issue was that you were having later. Right now you feel good. So let's do something good. Let's deepen that feeling good so that you get that good feeling deeper into your body. So let's go play something. Let's go, you know, let's go for a walk. Let's, you know, let's go eat some ice cream or something, whatever it is, whatever playtime or pastime that you have that will help them relax, then do that. It's fine. You don't have to do acknowledging the shadow right at the moment. The, the most important thing is to take care of what's in front of you now. And the first, the first thing is to take care of yourself so that you're neutral and then you help your child. And if you don't know how to acknowledge the shadow with your child at that moment, show them one of the emotional first aid uh, methods, Feldenkrais, Temporal Tap, uh, holy crap, uh, I'm blanking out. Oh, dissociation. <laughs> My favorite. Your favorite, yeah. And it's funny because um, you're very visual, and I thought I was very visual, but I'm not very visual compared to you. 
So that's really, really cool. Because when I start talking to you and I describe it visually, then you're like, oh, I get it. <laughs> so, waving his hands back and forth. That's how I know I need to look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and so that's that's the important thing. So I let me go back to the very beginning. So if your child is anxious, the most important thing first is to take care of your own feelings, your own projections. So look at your child and then name, I mean your child, and naming, uh, acknowledging the shadows is two parts. It's naming, then acknowledging. So you name on your child, what that means by naming on your child is you say, they are anxious, they are upset about this, they uh, are having trouble making friends, whatever it is. Write all that list down as much as you can. And then you go back through it and acknowledge that it's actually you. I acknowledge that I'm nervous and go through your history. Have you been nervous? Yes. I've been nervous ever since they started school. I've been nervous since I met their teacher. I've been nervous since <clears throat> they couldn't finish their homework and I couldn't help them or whatever, all that stuff. And then you go down through the list and as deeply as you can acknowledge on all that stuff. And then when you go through all that stuff and you get to a neutral state, now you'll be able to look at your child completely differently. Because you're not going to say, oh my God, they're anxious. What do I do? I don't know. I'm not trained. I'm not a trained psychologist. I don't know. I haven't taken educational, you know, programs or whatever. Instead, you could say, ah, it looks like you're experiencing something emotional right now. What's, what are you going through? Well, I'm thinking about this or whatever. And then you can help them name on that. Hey, try this. I just did this and it helped me. Let me show you how to do it. So, okay, well, I think that my teacher hates me, that my friends don't like me, I think that I'm stupid. And so you make them go through the list and then have them acknowledge on that. Or if they can't do that, or if you don't know how to help them, then you use the emotional first aid methods. You say, okay, it looks like you're experiencing something, why don't you try this? Balance like this, go like this, go like this, and how does that feel? They'll usually go, Ah, that feels better. I feel really good. How is that? That's weird. That's like magic. How come nobody believes in this? <laughs> or temporal, yeah. Or temporal tap. Or just imagine that you're outside of your body looking at yourself. Okay, you're outside of your body looking at yourself. So what? What's going on with them? Oh, okay. So what? What would you rather that they go on? And whatever. So, um, so that's my really strong recommendation for how to help your your child that has that's experiencing anxiety or uh, remorse or regret or resentment or unhappiness is to first deal with yourself whatever you're projecting on the situation and then you can go in and <clears throat> if you don't know how to do acknowledging the shadow with them directly then just use one of the emotional uh, uh, first aid techniques and then have them experience it so then they feel better and then you can go on from there. So did I describe that one correctly? <laughs> I think. You yeah. think? Yes. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, so uh, and so if you guys have any any questions about this, uh, this is for the podcast. I usually say this within the training lessons, but uh, I think for this podcast it's it's important that we provide uh, a route for anybody who's listening to the podcast with the way to communicate with us. So if you do have questions about this, email me or Dana directly at mondo at freedom for freedom from series.com. Again, 
mondo at freedomfromseries.com or Dana at freedomfromseries.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care.